This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Lost in Translation? True. So, um, up front we have some trigger warnings. Um, one of the characters, the, uh, the actress character, Kelly, she mentions, like, anorexia and other eating disorders and whatnot at some point in the movie when they're all out to dinner together. Um, there's... Some, and it's mentioned in a flippant sort of way that's a little... Anyway. Um, there is uh, some, like, uh, I don't know, like, caricature-ish racism examples. Like, Asian-type caricatures. Yes. Um, and there was some very surprising nudity that they were just randomly... Initi- like, I don't have a problem with strip clubs. I just was completely not expecting it in any capacity at all. So it was, well, just, it was just surprising. Right. It was like men and women agreeing to meet at a club, but no, but they didn't mention that the club was a strip club. Right. Which is right. kind of weird. That's all that I had. <clears throat> so, what three things did you expect from this movie? Um, I expected... Both literal and metaphorical miscommunications. Mmm, clever. <laughs> clever girl. Um, I also expected white people as bumbling tourists in a foreign country. Sort of. Sure. And then finally, I expected that Bill Murray falls in love with the country and decides to stay instead of going back to America which is like the complete opposite of what he wanted to do. He decides to stay instead of going back. He just he just wanted to go back to America. He didn't want to stay in Tokyo well, any longer than he absolutely had to. Isn't that how every romantic comedy starts? <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with the thing that's putting me here. Right. <laughs> not that I'm not saying this is a romantic comedy, but I was about to say. Yeah. So, did you expect to like it? I did not. Didn't I, I was going to give it two stars. Oh, see, you're usually the optimist. Yeah, I just, you know, I just didn't get a good vibe off the poster, like something where I would be, this seems really interesting and exciting. It was just sort of Bill, Bill Murray sitting in a hotel room. like Bill Murray's dead eyes didn't make you all excited. Oh my god. For this movie. Oh man. So can you give me your one sentence T V guide description? What you you know, what you believed this movie to be? You mean my completely wrong um expectation or That's what or, that's part of the fun of this, of course. Bill Murray makes his way around a foreign country with the help of a beautiful translator who he falls in love with along the way 
like most of these. I want to see that one. <laughs> Bill Murray, if you can get a hold of him. I hear it's hard to get a hold of him. Uh-huh. Uh, make that movie with him when you get a chance. So IMDb's one-sentence description of this movie goes like this. A faded movie star and neglected young woman form an unlikely bond after crossing paths in Tokyo. I mean, yeah. They usually, like, turn down the... turn down the plot all the way to, like, one. Like, right. It could fit pretty much any... any movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um... There were some literal and metaphorical miscommunications. Yes. Um, I mean, Bill, there were white people as bumbling tourists, but they weren't as bumbly as I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said a little bit ago, Bill Murray, I mean, he sort of falls in love with the country because remember his wife is like, well, if you love it so much, why don't you stay there? But it was because of Scarlett Johansson. Right. The reason wasn't the country. Right. So, yeah, I was. I wasn't really. No, I was. I was kind of close. However, my opinion hasn't really changed. Um, and I don't know if this is just my lack of art sophistication or whatnot. Um, but I. I wrote down. <laughs> It was kind of an indie slash artsy movie that seemed awkward and disjointed at times. What was the overall point of the movie? Was it even supposed to have a point? That's an uncomfortable question. When, you, <laughs> when it comes to, frankly, when it comes to any Sofia Coppola movie, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're supposed to have an answer to that question. <laughs> I just feel like I didn't gain anything from the experience of watching the movie. Like, even even with something like um, like Iron Man or Terminator, like, you know what you're getting into, so you're just like, Sit back, and this is what's happening. You get, you let the special effects just wash over you. Right. <laughs> so, like, I kind of just forgot what I was... So, like, this movie... You, you were saying that you didn't know exactly what the point was supposed to be of this. Right, right. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to the movies to see Lost in Translation, and I'm expecting, you know... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Cruise and The Rock and that like that's not there's I, no I have to go see that by the way <laughs> sorry to interrupt since there's no expectation that it doesn't really feel like I got anything out of the movie um, that doesn't make sense that's not <sighs> yeah I guess like I I tried to find like some sort of purpose to the movie when I was watching it maybe that was my bad maybe there is no purpose but well sometimes sometimes an art form isn't about and I'm not I'm not saying I'm an expert and I understand what the point of the movie is or but sometimes like ballet is not about what the story is like a Balanchine ballet is about form it's about 
forming lines and you know it's not really about like oh what story are they trying to tell us it's not that at all you're you know which is why sometimes it can be boring not unlike this movie yeah <laughs> so um so i left it at two stars Two I'm stars. sorry, because I know you really like this movie, but this I just, wanna, I really wanted to like it, but I just, it did not strike my fancy at all. I understand that, you know, our Venn diagram will not always, or even ever, coincide, and that's to- totally fine. I'm a vegan, and I make steak for you, and chicken all the time. We both eat tortilla chips, but with different, different dips. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, speaking of what is the point, so why why do we have the opening shot on Scarlett Johansson's butt? Well, first of all, it's great. <laughs> I really hope that she had multiple identical pairs of those panties because we see them a lot don't we i'm like (laughs) it seems like she wears them for at least two or three days straight which i hope is not the case because there's a whole lot of reasons why that shouldn't happen but so the arts if if i may if uh i may insert here um the artsy reason like the art school person in me sees that and goes, okay, Sofia Coppola is telling us right away what kind of movie we're kind of dealing with here. Because from the outset, we have... We have some... We're seeing um, Scarlett Johansson's character, who is Charlotte. Yes. Which is very confusing. Charlotte Scarlett. Charlotte Scarlett. I'm just glad she's not a harlot in this movie because that would just that would just be silly, wouldn't it? Oh my goodness! So, <laughs> so anyway, it it's almost like there's definitely. I think I believe we should power through. Okay. <laughs> we have a very smelly dog who's doing very smelly things. <laughs> okay. So, regarding. That shot of Scarlett Johansson's butt. Um, there's something sexy about it, clearly, but there's also something sort of mundane, and she's also depressed, and like there's this almost a duality, like. Yeah, but you can't tell she's depressed just by looking at her butt. Right, but it's it's like they're. I think Sophia's telling us, giving us more information. It's like kind of like if if the if instead of producing a movie if she were to produce a a photo just a photograph uh-huh. that would like encapsulate everything it would be that picture like you can see the city of Tokyo beyond uh, Scarlett Johansson's butt in those big giant windows mm-hmm. I'm really hoping at this point that that is the shot that it's through one of those we can see the city beyond <laughs> or it's at least like out the window and not uh-huh. facing the wall <laughs> I mean I could look it up if you want <laughs> but so, so it's almost like like the the movie like Sophia has said that 
the movie is a love letter to uh, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And that it is about, like, isolation and there's some despair. And I think that that one shot kind of summarizes, you know, it's, it sort of sums up the movie in one, in one still image. But that's my opinion. I see. Which could be, and is often, wrong. <laughs> um, something I something I did like about this movie was, um, the use of subtitles. Um, as I've said before, we watch everything with the subtitles because my hearing is not that great anymore. Um, but they didn't. I think to add to the audience's experience of, like, they feel what Bill Murray's character is going through, you don't know what the Japanese people are saying, whether or not you watch with the subtitles on or off. So, right. It's, um, it's just as disorienting. Right. So I like that they um, kind of threw everyone in the same sort of, what's going on here, and we don't... Even though there should be a translation here, there's no trans... Why are we... It's very confusing, which is the point, right? Right. But I do have a question. Um, I My knowledge of Asian languages is very, very limited. So I don't know if this question is ignorant or not. But is Japanese really that verbose when it comes... Like... Like, the director, who is Japanese, would give, what's, what's Bill Murray's character? Bob? Was it Bob? Yeah. Um, would give Bob, like, a solid 30 seconds of direction. Do this, do that, you know. I mean, he wasn't saying it in English. But he was, like, pointing to things and, like, you know, doing, like, very hand gesture like he wanted him to do something. Mm-hmm. And then the translator would say, like, turn to the right like that's all he said you know (laughs) what happened to the other 27 seconds of dialogue or monologue so is Japanese really that um, verbose is the only word I can think of so so that it, it would be that much of a difference because of Godzilla movies and karate movies I happen to be an expert. The official, in. <laughs> the official tomes. No, honestly, of Japan. <laughs> I see. No, of course I'm not. I'm not certain, but I know that when they take Akira Kurosawa's Akira, I almost said that correctly. Kurosawa's. Um, his name is Akira Kurosawa. I see. When they. If they dub a movie like that, it's well, it's more it's more comical like in a Godzilla movie. When they when they dub in um, English over uh, Japanese as opposed to giving you subtitles, there's often just so much empty space in the English translation uh-huh. that you have the character do like having to sort of do like little filler noises and things like like there's Godzilla ha 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 wait I wasn't done ha ha there's Godzilla evil laugh 
but they're clear. Like you can tell that they're articulating actual words and uh-huh. not just sort of giggling or grunting to themselves. Because so, there's just a, a a big disparity, I think, between the two languages as far as length of you know the amount of syllables needed to convey information. Um, I think something that really turned me off of this movie is that it seemed like it was supposed to be like some sort of romantic relationship between um, Bob and Charlotte but the age difference was just so I couldn't get past the age difference it's pretty big and I looked it up at the time at the time of the filming of this movie um, Bill Murray was 53 and Scarlett Johansson was 19. He could be Grandpa. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, she might have... I think she said something about just getting out of school. I thought she was talking about college. I th- but, I, I mean, she I'm could sure be playing older. It seems like she's playing older. Because I don't think a, a 19-year-old graduating high school doesn't usually marry a professional photographer... But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. True. Maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) So, yeah, that was just... uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what age she was... I mean, it kind of matters what age she was playing. But the fact the actual person was 19. So, it was... It just... I don't know. The age difference. Like, that whole thing uh, with Beetlejuice. With... uh, Oh, yeah. um, I'm totally blanking on... What's his name? And Winona Ryder. What was his name? Who played Beetlejuice? Bat- it was the guy that played Batman. Batman. <laughs> what the hell is his name? Um, Michael Keaton. Oh, good job. <laughs> oh, my Ryder. God. Winona Ryder played the girl. What did I say? Winona Ryder played the girl who uh-huh. was... Sp- the character was supposed to be 14. And Beetlejuice was however old Michael... Or however old Michael Keaton Like 35 or 30. something. That's almost more problematic just because she's 14. She's a minor, yeah. yeah. Um, So, I mean, that... I would say that may just be a me thing, but I think that's a lot of people's thing. It's just, like, the age difference is weird. Um, So, that's kind of all I had to say about this movie before we move on to the Bechdel test and whatnot. I just... I wanted to like it, and there were parts of it that I liked, um, but... More of it was off-putting. I understand. So, I just want to say two more things, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, h- how can anyone look at an image, if they don't know Japanese, look at the the subway map and make any sense of it and get <laughs> anywhere at all? I mean, um. now I guess it would be easier. This, was, this movie came out in, was it 2003? I think yeah, two thousand three. I mean, now with your with your smartphone, you could probably like you know, you could figure out like, oh, okay, here are the character, here's where I'm looking to get to, and it'd be easier. But gosh, like there's a scene where she's like just kind of staring, almost like an awe, not like she's trying to figure out where to go, and and Tokyo is one of the most. I mean, I don't really know much about subway systems, but it has a pretty complicated. The map makes it system. look very complicated. 
Indeed. Indeed it does. Um, and that actually leads me to my other thought about this movie, which is, frankly, it's something that I kind of, what draws me to this movie and what I like about it, is that there's constantly in this movie this idea of them, uh, mostly Charlotte, but also Bob Harris, um, Bill Murray, uh, Bill Murray's character to a certain degree, they're wandering into purpose and and meaning. Like they don't, uh, they don't really have a purpose exactly, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of stumbling into, um, like when she just sort of randomly finds herself in that class where students are uh, are pruning uh, bonsai trees. Uh huh. And the woman, like, neither of them know each other's language, but she's, but the teacher is, like, gently, like, telling her, like, oh, go ahead and, like, have a seat, and, like, here's, here's your bonsai tree, and here's your, uh-huh. and she's, like, and, and the character is, like, oh, I don't, and then she's just, like, and then she's just there. She's just there, like, participating. So, what did you think about the end of the movie? So... There's, <laughs> there are, there are lots of people who. So frankly, I love the mystery. I love the fact that we don't know. We don't know what he, you know. He, you're referring to the fact that he he leaves. He gets right. in the taxi, uh-huh. and then he gets out of the taxi or stops the taxi. I can't remember which. I think he stops the taxi like by a street fair or a busy. Because he kind of like sees he, he sees um, uh, Char- Charlotte uh-huh. sort of following the taxi, and then he comes over and they embrace and he whispers says something to her, and there are people who have tried to like look at his lips and try to read uh-huh. read his lips and figure out what he's saying. Like I don't really care about that. I love I just like the fact that. Um, I just kind of like the fact that it seems like he said the right thing. Uh-huh. You know? And there's an episode... <laughs> there's an episode of the fam- uh, Family Guy. I almost said The Family Guy. There's an episode of Family Guy where the... Where um, uh, Quagmire and Peter and Joe and uh, Cleveland uh-huh. are leaving. I think it's all four of them. They're leaving the theater, and the Marquis says, lost in translation. And Peter goes, oh, I wonder what he said to her at the end. And Quagmire, the least likely to say something like uh-huh. this, which it made me, this made me feel, like, really self-conscious, because I'm like, oh, that's the thought I had. Oh, <laughs> like, is Quagmire but, the giggity-giggity guy? Right, the guy okay. who's always, like, he's always in some weird compromising sexual thing, and all with the, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's the least likely to have, like, a, a sensitive thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like an introspective thought. Right. Quagmire goes, I don't know what he said, but I, I bet it was just perfect. <laughs> yes, that's know. very un-Quagmire-like. I'm like, oh, that just... And I, I've tried to... I've looked for it for this podcast. I can't find... <laughs> I can't find that exact clip. So, like, what's the... Like, what... I, I know you kind of like the mystery, but what do people think that he said? Like, what's what's the debate? So one of them is uh, whatever the husband is that uh, that guy. Oh, the um, photographer guy. Um, 
that uh well when we both get back to the states you should leave him like that's one of the one of the ideas uh john john is the name of the husband uh-huh. um one of them is like yeah like he's asking he's asking her to leave john uh-huh. let's get together i don't think we said this yet but they don't i find it interesting that they never actually have sex together it doesn't seem like they ever actually have sex together right which um, um which I, I was happy to it's ha- <laughs> but it's un it's unlikely it, you know it was it was kind of a surprise you know not like a six sense i see dead people sort of way but right it was something i wasn't expecting it wasn't something i expected well and then he went and banged the lounge singer right uh-huh. and then uh, Charlotte got all mad and jealous even though what are, what are you jealous for they're both married like everybody's married in this scenario everybody's except married. maybe the lounge singer yeah the com- the complication of human emotions in this is another thing that I just find I find kind of intriguing and the way that Sofia Coppola just in one image like I I've, I've always thought of this movie as almost like like it could be a photograph exhibit like she almost sets up every shot and like hangs there it, this movie takes its time you know she like will hang on a shot so when charlotte finds that bob is having sex or had sex with the lounge singer uh-huh. it's when she was meeting her uh, meeting bob at his door trying to get because they were supposed to go have lunch right or dinner some seems like lunch maybe and she's sitting they're sitting across the table from each other and he's like he's just kind of looking like you know he doesn't know what to say and she's very upset you can tell she's pissed and her arms are folded and she's just kind of staring at staring him down and between them is like the uh what is it steam the steam oh uh-huh the steam coming out of the middle of the table because of one of those restaurants where you actually have to cook your own food right there at the table uh-huh. so there's this you know this steam it's like all you need to know about what the characters are saying is like just it's right there you, you almost don't need them to say anything yeah, you know see, what I didn't get that at all <laughs> I didn't pick up on that <laughs> at all <laughs> really really well yeah it's well it's a visual there's very and I think there's there's very very little like it's very minimalist everything else in it like the there's not a lot of dialogue there's not a lot of music there's sound yeah. effects and noises, but um, yeah, it's, it's a very minimalist movie. Would you like to hear about the Bechdel test? I would. I have a feeling it failed. Well, it depends on. So, on screen, when we see two women on screen, okay, there's Charlotte, there's Kelly, the um, actress lady. Mm-hmm. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Um, the actress. There's the lounge singer. I don't know if she's named or not, though. Jazz singer. Jazz singer. That's, That's not a name. Nope. What if her first name was Jazz and her last name was Singer, though? That's it. <laughs> but, of course, I don't think they talk. They don't talk to each other. No, <laughs> I mean, um, Kelly, Anna Ferris's character... When they all have dinner together, she she talks, she really talks at everyone. She's not really having a conversation right, yeah. with Charlotte. 
However, Charlotte, early in the movie, has a phone conversation with her friend. With her friend, yeah. Linda, I think, maybe? And, um... I mean, they do talk about, like, her husband and why she's like, oh, I don't even know who I married and blah, blah, blah. Right. But they also talk about, like, um, you know, where she's staying and that she's lonely and stuff like that. So, I don't... I mean, we kind of talked about this before, but um, does it count as... as passing the Bechdel test if one of the people is not actually on screen and we never see them on screen. Like, is a phone call between a named but unseen character still enough to pass the Bechdel test? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think, yeah, that we're just talking about the bare bones, the least you could possibly do. Right. As far as female characters in a movie, so I, yeah, I say it's a I say it's a fail. What do you say? I say I think it would fail. Like I can see. The only reason I'm hesitating is because you were saying um, that it's the bare minimum, mm-hmm. which to me the bare minimum of the bare minimum would be having someone on. Like you don't well, even so want I mean, to put them on. Like, they're going to do the absolutely least necessary <laughs> to pass. Because technically there are two women, two named female characters who talk to each other about something other than a man. But the test itself doesn't say two named on-screen female characters. Virgin- you see what I'm saying? Virginia, you're a teacher. You're, you have agreed. I'm not a teacher. What? <laughs> no, I'm giving you a scenario. Oh, okay. You're a teacher. Uh-huh. You're doing the Bechtel test for the class. Right, And you're grading on a curve as it is. So you're already giving... Like, the Bechtel test is like the curve uh, for movies and TV shows and other media, right? Right. So, like, you're already grading on on a curve. And then someone goes, Oh, Miss Virginia, maybe you could accept this that's even lower than what you already asked for. (laughs) It's a fail. I um, I concede to your, to your um, mean, analysis. I feel like I bullied you. <laughs> oh man! So um, I I wanted to talk a little bit about disability portrayal, but kind of in a different way. Okay. So um, I feel like this maybe maybe purposely and maybe not purposely. I I feel that this movie sort of um illustrated particular points about accessibility because Bill Murray, as you like to say, is a tall drink of water. Oh my goodness. He's like six two or something. I thought he was six three. I was gonna look it up. So he's very tall. Yes. And he goes to Japan where there are not a whole lot of tall people. Um, I mean, he's literally head and shoulders above everyone in that elevator. Oh, he's 6'1". 6'1". But yeah, he looks... He looks like he might be 6'3". So, the thing about disability um, and the... Like, the uh, social model of disability is it's about the environment itself that hasn't been 
adapted like a person in a wheelchair isn't disabled until they come up against a set of stairs or a curb or something right so like um for people who maybe who may not be able to like fully understand that um without seeing it in a way that they would relate to bill murray gets in this shower that's made for the average japanese person right that he can't even like squat down to wash his hair like it's just tiny for him not for everyone else in that country likely um but for him it's not accessible then like his robe and his uh, his slippers and all of that robes that look like a three-quarter right (laughs) so i just i thought it was a good illustration that um maybe doesn't um no i see what you're i see what you're saying like like it's it's not me it's you it's not a problem that someone can't hear until they're they face a world that's built by people who can hear right or see or you know whatever yeah yeah i see i see what you're saying that makes sense are there any pop culture references that you now understand? Um, not really. I mean, like, I feel like this was sort of an independent. Well, Sophia Coop, Sophia Coppola, Sophia Coppola. It. I mean, that's an architectural element. Sophia yes, Coppola. Yes. <laughs> um. So I don't really feel like it got into the mainstream. Um, for there really to be, except for maybe like that Family Guy reference, which I didn't even remember. I, so I'm sure it happened like the day after the <laughs> the movie hit theaters. They'll, they'll put obscure, like, yeah, that's Family Guy will put obs- obscure references in their in their show. So, how would this movie be different with today's technology? Well. Hmm. First of all, facts has played a surprisingly large role in this movie. Were we faxing in 2003? I did not. I, have I don't never remember. Owned, have you ever owned a personal fax machine? I have never. My dad had a home office. That was the only reason we had a fax machine at home. <laughs> I never even bought, like, even, like, I've never even bought those all-in-one, like, oh, it's a printer and a fax machine. I don't care about that. No. I've never cared about that. No. <laughs> um... But it was like, oh, I'll fax you the the map to the club, or I'll fax you the designs of the chairs <laughs> we're going to put in the living room, or You're whatever. You were afraid that uh, uh, Bob Harris's wife would constantly talk to him via fax, and sometimes it would, like, erupt to right. life in the middle of the night. <laughs> The fax machine in his room. Well, even Charlotte, she was the one that said, "Oh, I'll fax you over the directions to the cl- or the map to the club or whatever." <laughs> right. And it's just like, I mean, now it would just be like his wife angrily texting him. Yeah. In the middle of the night, you know, which might still wake him up because you know, even if you set it on do not disturb, if it's like, um, you can put people on your emergency list so that if they like call you twice in a row. That it'll ring through the Do Not Disturb. Did well, what's the point? I did not know that. What's the point of the Do Not Disturb? Because if my <laughs> sister is calling me twice 
in a row at 2.30 in the morning, I should probably maybe pick up. Well, it seems like there could be abuse <laughs> to that system. I agree. I'm nervous. Um, also, the photographer was using camera with film. He's into vinyl, I'm sure. Well, John, he's one of these guys. <laughs> no, no, I mean the... Um, because I don't think we ever see John Well, we go see him out. with his equipment and whatnot. Yeah, we don't actually see him doing... But I'm talking about um, oh, the photo shoot guy who's like, right. we'll just take pictures until we run out the roll. And I'm like, run out the <laughs> roll. Now, there's a phrase I haven't heard in a long time. Um, so do people still use film cameras, like photographers and stuff, or do... They rely more on digital now. I, Do you think it would be likely for that photographer to be in an updated version of this movie? I mean, the, there are two groups of people who would be photographers and still using the photochemical process for their their work. One, you got people who are just older and that's what they grew up with, and that's what they know, and that's what they trust, and that's what they want to see. Like, there's a certain there's a certain quality to an image when it's using uh, the photochemical process. Uh huh. And then, and then you have like you know the hipsters who uh, want to buy all of their favorite bands' albums on vinyl while they're wearing fedoras. Yeah. And smoking their vapes. <laughs> and they're wearing jumpers. Are they still wearing the jumpers, or was that? Do you say smoking vapes or vaping vapes? I don't know. See, I'm not. I'm not hip with the lingo. Can't you just say vaping? Like you can vaping. say smoking. Probably. But you say smoking cigarettes, but you don't say vaping your vape. That's a good question. I, again, Are, if there are any vapers out there, <laughs> please let us know what terminology you prefer. Thanks. Again, sorry to interrupt. Yes. Again, it seems like I'm left with more questions than answers. Yes. <laughs> At the end of our podcast. That's true. That's true. Is there anything else you would like to discuss? Oh, I've said plenty. So you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. I don't want to read the rest of us, so I'm just going to say go to our website at waityouveneverseen.com. You can find all our social media and blah, 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 and all of that. <laughs> Leave us some feedback and let us know if you, if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. That's our show for today. And next time, we'll be watching McClintock, Pilgrims. Thanks for listening, y'all. 